Welcome to Diet Culture Dropout. Are you ready to drop out of the $72 billion narrative that you've been sold? Diet culture sells us lies, unattainable beauty standards, the narrative that your body's inadequate, and dictates how you should define your health. It is pervasive, oppressive, and damaging to all areas of our health. By dropping out of diet culture, we can together celebrate all bodies, work towards dismantling weight stigma, and stop the transgenerational trauma of body shame and dieting. I'm your host, Athena Brown, a non-diet and body-inclusive registered dietitian, a certified intuitive eating counselor, yoga teacher, and a mom of two strong-willed daughters. My passion is helping people heal their relationship with their body and food so they can live a full life without restrictions, size limits, or food rules. I also desperately want to change the narrative for our kids so they can be the first generation that never diets, has resilience in our body-obsessed world, and a positive relationship with food. This podcast is a safe space for exploration, mindful moments, and take-home practices for anyone looking to find food peace and body liberation. Please remember that this is for educational purposes only and does not replace medical advice from your primary care provider, therapist, or registered dietitian. I am so happy you're here. I want you to know that wherever you are in your food and body peace journey, that there is room at this table for you. You are so worthy, just as you are right now. Welcome back to Diet Culture Dropout. I'm really excited about today's guest. We are having Katie McCrindle. Welcome to the show, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Um, So today our topic is going to be about body image, doing kind of like a body image 101 chat. And it's our first episode really exploring and diving into this topic. So I just want to kind of... um, you know, set the, the limits that, you know, this is a very big subject and we're not able to, you know, get to all of the parts and we'll just be kind of scratching the surface. So I'm hoping to weave in some more body image episodes in the future, but I'm really excited because Katie is a big advocate, uh, more locally in the Ontario area. So, um, we're, I'm so excited to have you today. So to get us started, um, Katie, can you share with listeners a little bit more about who you are, where you're located and how you found the work that you're into now? Yeah, definitely. So, um, my name's Katie, I use she or they pronouns. Um, I'm a social worker, body liberation counselor and fat activist, and I live in Hamilton, Ontario, and I see anyone in Ontario, like I'm licensed to see folks in Ontario. Um, and I, I guess I found this work really through my own journey around body image and fat acceptance, um, and like self-esteem or self-worth work. And so really what happened was I was training to be a social worker and noticed that like size was not discussed in my program as an oppression. 
and was kind of at the beginning of my journey around fat acceptance. And I thought this is a spot that's missing in social work. And I ended up doing a master's um, where I focused on uh, fat people's relationships with their bodies. And then kind of that led to me opening my own counseling practice and doing workshops and groups and seeing individuals um, around, you know, helping people to leave diet culture behind and kind of recognize the impact of fat of anti-fat bias um, on that on themselves and help people kind of embrace the concept of body liberation. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so needed and like such a massive, massive deficit. I know when I first heard about Katie and her practice, I was like, I need to get a hold of her and connect with her because um, definitely um, a rare gem. So I'm so happy um, that we've connected and now we get to share a little bit of you today on the podcast. <laughs> Um, and then another question I like to, um, you know, inform listeners, if you can, of any identities or privileges you feel are helpful to share. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm, I identify like as a white, fat, non-binary queer woman, I'm also a settler on indigenous land and for the most part, able-bodied, I do have a hearing disability, um, and I've grown up with wealth privilege. So I do have a ton of privilege. Um, and I, you know, like to recognize that in the work that I do. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and then my classic question too, of just really trying to normalize, um, diet culture coming up in everybody's lives is, can you share maybe an example more recently of how diet culture has came up for you and, you know, kind of what was the trigger and how did it kind of make you feel or notice that it was hitting you in the face? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny when I was thinking about this question, I'm like, it's kind of my job to notice <laughs> and pick apart diet culture. So it's hard yeah. to like narrow it down to one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the thing that I get most angry about, um, I've gotten most angry about recently is um, constantly coming across ads for weight loss on, on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. And every time I do, I report them as misleading or a scam. Yeah. Um, God. Firstly, because they are, I think. And secondly, because I think that Facebook takes that a little more seriously than some of the other stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just, it's funny how I do that. And then like a week or so later, I get a, I get another barrage of weight loss mm -hmm. ads. And it's like, mm -hmm. take a hint, Facebook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. yep. Yep. Yeah. And just on like so many platforms too, like I've been noticing lately, like Pinterest was one, you know, I, I used to always use more before, but just kind of for recipe going popping in and then it'll be like noon popping up and it's like, this is my curated feed. Like, how are you getting in there? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's really good advice of, you know, deleting it, blocking it, reporting it. Yeah. Those are good, mm -hmm. good actions. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So today's topic, we're going to be diving into body image. So just to kind of, um, set listeners up, how would you describe or define body image? This is such a great question and like one that I've actually found really hard to think about, oddly enough, as like a body image expert. Um, I think the words body image are 
really a misnomer. Um, I feel like I use the words body image like on my website or on my socials because people recognize what I'm talking about when I say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, it's much more than about how a person looks. You know, it's about how you feel about how you look and, you know, what thoughts and beliefs you have about your body and about bodies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it impacts how you behave or like the things that you do or don't do because of how you feel about your body. Um, and what I've found is that people are often struggling with um, fat phobia or anti fatness, um, whether it's like externalized or internalized, um, Mm -hmm. and also struggling with their own self-worth. So what, you know, I kind of see happening in society is that people who are socialized as women, mostly, I mean, a lot of other people too, but they're taught to, you know, connect their self-worth to how they look. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something that's really deeply entrenched in our society. You know, the idea that women only have worth if they're like considered quote unquote beautiful. Um, and then, you know, what is considered beautiful is it or desirable is impacted by history and like current ideas. Um, and I always kind of think about Sabrina strings work on, um, connecting fat phobia and racism and white supremacy. Um, cause that can really has a big impact on what we consider, consider beautiful, or worthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's like much more, I think, than image, but it impacts all facets of life. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like a big part that comes up is that self-worth piece piece. So people are, their self-worth tends to hinge upon how they look and then that impacts their self-worth and their self-worth impacts how they feel about how they look. And it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, So often, you know, with people we would focus on, how do we cultivate your own self-worth? And we're often using like self-compassion as a first step for that. So. Yeah. And just like, I find it helpful too, to think of body image as like a relationship that you're building. Right. Um, and again, there's like an expecting range of emotions where it goes up and down and it's fluid and it changes, you know, in one moment you could be, you know, having a really bad body image moment, you know, to in an hour or something like that. Like it's very fluid too. Would you say as well, Katie? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I often talk about like, what is your relationship with your body like, as opposed to body image and this Mm -hmm. idea of like, you know, I'll often say to people, it's not a place where you arrive and then Mm -hmm. like, you love your body 24 seven and everything's like sunshine. And, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's a lifelong journey where, you know, there's lots of twists and turns and, I think over time, it does get easier. You do think about your body less um, and kind of your relationship with your body does improve, but there's still those moments where it's harder and that's just natural in a world that's rife with diet culture, mm-hmm. you know, at yeah. every turn it's kind of in our face. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So it's not like there's a spectrum of like positive and negative on one end. It's constantly moving, evolving, changing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So going back to, uh, I know you had mentioned some 
uh, points about it being like embedded in our culture and our history and our upbringing and all of that. So how then is your take on how is one's body image shaped over time then? Well, I think, you know, when people are, are babies, they're just, you know, enjoying being in their bodies, or they're just like really intuitively in their bodies. They have such a deep connection with their bodies. They are like so fascinated by their bodies. It's just mm -hmm. like source of joy and pleasure and, you know, also pain and suffering, right? Like they're hungry, they're, they get scared, all these things. Yeah. Um, and then like, as people grow, I think, you know, we get messages usually what I've found is from, they're from our primary caregivers, um, but that those messages are often reinforced by like friends or the community around you. Mm -hmm. and the messages are, you know, things like your body is wrong or your body is bad or your mm -hmm. body is not measuring up in some way or your mm -hmm. body needs to change. Um, so I think like that can shape somebody's perception of themselves and their bodies you know, they get this message that being fat or being in a bigger body is bad, you know, it's their fault. And then mm -hmm. it's reinforced by often like food restriction or complicating like their relationship with movement um, mm -hmm. by, you know, trying to get people to lose weight in, from, from the movement. Um, so I think like, as uh, often I hear from people, these ideas are planted in childhood which is obviously such a formative time. And it's really hard because when we grow up and start to think about these things for ourselves, we're submerged in diet culture. Um, and we're kind of like reinforcing those ideas everywhere we turn. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just really, really hard, <laughs> I think for folks to get out of that messaging when it's just reinforced everywhere. And, you know, it's not just, I think about size, like body image. I think we often talk about size and it's not just about that. It's about, you know, other expectations around what bodies mm -hmm. should look like. Mm -hmm. um, and identities too, even like what defines you as being like feminine versus masculine versus non-gender conforming too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just like all of these messages we get about, a certain way to be, or we need to be a certain way to be seen as worthy. Um, and I think, you know, that's the kind of crux of it is the worthiness part. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I think often I work with people, like I kind of said, on reclaiming that worth or remembering, you know, are we are inherently worthy, no matter our size or gender or ability race, mm -hmm. any of those things, but it's like, how do you remember that? And how do you cultivate that? Um, I think that can be different for each person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, exactly. Like the exposures that they have versus people that don't have those same opportunities, exposures, privilege, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then a common challenge I find a lot of um, clients get triggered with, I don't know if you can share your best advice for this one, is, um, you know, when they're having a bad body image moment, it being triggered by a mirror, some kind of reflective surface, or seeing themselves 
you know, 10 years ago or in, an, in a picture or something like that. So images um, where they're, you know, really seeing their whole body or, or reflecting on that. Um, do you find this is a common one for your clients as well too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like I think, you know, there's different ways to approach this. Um, when I think about old pictures, like seeing pictures from long ago, one thing I like to remind people is to focus on instead of the actual picture, but like the memory or how mm -hmm. they were feeling at the time the photo was taken. So maybe it is a happy memory and it's like, you're able to kind of be with that. Oh yeah, like that was my birthday and I was having such a good time. Um, but maybe it was, you know, actually reminded of how miserable you were and how unhappy you were with your body. Um, and then often there's like that realization of, oh, I was unhappy with my body then. I'm still unhappy with my body, even though it's changed or even though back then it was smaller. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of this realization of like, it's not really about the size of my body. It's about how I feel about myself and my body. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, trying to like help people realize that and come to a place of like, how do we begin to detach from the body as like the most important thing mm -hmm. um, to just realizing like it's this vehicle that we get to sort of move through the world. And that's a pretty cool thing. Um, yeah, so that's like with pictures, I think. Um, the other thing about photos or even mirrors is that I like to remind people that it can't possibly capture your like true essence, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, yeah. if somebody is taking a photo of you, it's like being filtered through the, what they decide to take, or even if it's a selfie, what you decide to take angles, lighting, um, different lenses, mm -hmm. even on different cameras. Filters. Like, yep. Yeah. Oh, filters are so huge right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So it's like not really representative of you. Um, and when you're looking in a mirror, like I think often people look in a mirror to like find the thing that's quote unquote wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's like already there's this um, lens of negativity of like, okay, let me, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that my hair looks good or whatever, like kind of looking for the bad thing. Yeah. So remembering that when you're looking in a mirror, you've probably been training yourself your whole life to look for the negative thing. Mm -hmm. um, and like, also, I don't think mirrors as a like, you know, uh, two dimension, one dimensional, as like a flat thing, they can't like yeah. <laughs> possibly capture like yeah. the essence of you in 3D and like mm -hmm. how yeah. you move and like how you exactly smile yeah. and like how your eyes light up and all of these things. Yeah, yeah. That like really, other people see when they look at you. Mm -hmm. um, and I find people too, like what you were saying is they like zoom in and like look at specific parts and they're not like zooming out and seeing like their whole body, right. As like one whole piece rather than, you know, a combination of problematic areas or parts or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I 
try to suggest, you know, if this feels right for you. And some people are not going to have a comfort level with this mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, but it can be sort of like a, an exposure therapy type thing of like, yeah. look at your body and just try to be neutral about it. Like this is my body mm -hmm. as opposed to, I love my body or like, cause it's really hard for folks to go from like a space of hate to a space of love. Mm -hmm. Um, but just recognizing like, this is me. Cause mm -hmm. I often also have people say, I don't recognize myself when I see myself. Um, so that idea of like looking at yourself and you might do it in a way where you're seeing, maybe you start with like your hand mm -hmm. and you look at your hand in the mirror and like your hands kind of a less maybe triggering um, Area. part of your body. Yeah. And so then it's like, okay, okay. I can see that I can be like, this is my hand. And then like, maybe you expand to the rest of your arm, like, mm -hmm. you know, doing it in a way that's going to be manageable and not overwhelming yeah. Um, yeah. and doing it when you're in a good space, like yes. don't do it on the bad body image day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That might be the day where you just walk away from the mirror, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. um, just kind of, yeah, I, I like to, yeah, that exposure therapy, like looking at your hand, like this is my right finger, my left finger, like, you know, this is my elbow, like really trying to like walk the brain through, you know, the process of like trying to, yeah, be neutral about it or just naming what you're seeing. Right. And over time, you know, it gets easier to like stand there and talk about that difficult part that has maybe been in a challenging or sore or uncomfortable area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that kind of came to mind as I was thinking about this question was, you know, if, if you're kind of reflecting or looking for something to journal around, try like sort of gently investigating, you know, why looking in the mirror, seeing your body or certain images are hard. Um, and I find like often this comes back to, or it can come back to that internalized fat phobia. So sort of learning more about, you know, how fatness doesn't necessarily equal unhealthy and isn't morally bad. Mm -hmm. And that like mm -hmm. a variety of body sizes exist and like, that's okay. And it's okay to be fat. And, you know, like a lot of people, a lot of fat people are found to be attractive. Um, so sort of doing a little bit of unlearning some of those bias biases that you might have. Mm -hmm can really help improve your relationship with your body in Absolutely. my opinion. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. And, um, just podcast reference, um, Julie Sweeney and I had that conversation about weight stigma and fat phobia and talking about like the different layers of fat phobia. Um, so that might be complimentary to Katie's episode today. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes I find for people that this is kind of their first, um, instance of, you know, unpacking or really exploring, um, like their own internalized fat phobia too. Um, I think, you know, it's definitely a new area. I think that more people are exploring or therapists are like promoting people to talk to, would you say Katie and kind of looking at fat phobia in a lens of, you know, in, at the core that that's maybe more of, you know, the problem and the thing that we really need to work on, like dismantling, because that's, what's been, you know, 
praised by diet culture and just reinforced and baked into, you know, all of the layers of, you know, why you choose what you do. Um, you know, your intention behind everything. Sorry. That was like a long-winded circle. I came around there. (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, um, what would you say if you had to give some, uh, quick fire advice to people of maybe like their top three, um, suggestions to get them, you know, started or thinking about, or moving towards, um, you know, body liberation or like a more body respectful place, positive body image, if that feels right for you, um, whichever term resonates, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I tend to use body liberation and like, it could be a whole podcast on why I use that, but, um, (laughs) My, my kind of first tip is always diversify your social media feeds. Um, so unfollowing anything that makes you feel bad about yourself, um, reporting those diet ads or weight loss ads is included in that. Cause they might, you know, pop up unexpectedly. Um, and then like, once you've kind of done that following, a variety of like body sizes, including people at the highest end of the weight spectrum, you know, and, and not just a variety of sizes, but like different, you know, races, ethnicities, genders, people with different abilities or like skin conditions or chronic illnesses. Like the idea is to really normalize all kinds of bodies and Mm -hmm. normalize bodies that aren't typically represented in the media that we consume. Um, and I feel like doing that really helps to work towards being aware of the fact that oppression exists, you know, that there are different kinds of people out there, um, and sort of working towards like, once you're aware of the problem, then you can work towards eradicating oppression, um, which is a big thing to say. I think it's Mm -hmm. just like a place to start of like recognizing it's there and recognizing that is it would be helpful both for you and, you know, society to move away from those kinds of thoughts. Mm-hmm. So diversify your social media feeds. Love it. Yep. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the next one I have is like showing yourself compassion. Um, this is really hard work. It's going against the grain of what society considers normal. So just recognizing that and being gentle with yourself and giving yourself lots of compassion when it's like a hard day or it's hard to go against the grain, give Mm -hmm. yourself a break. You know, um, you know, we talked already about how this work is usually lifelong, right? It's, it's does hopefully get easier. Um, but um, showing yourself lots of compassion around it um, and learning self-compassion, I think can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then my last one is just like noticing joy or pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, we tend to think of the negative thing first, you know, we're really wired to pick up on that stuff. And if we can kind of let ourselves tune into the good stuff or the pleasurable or the joyful stuff that can just help to create more capacity to cope with all of this really difficult stuff around body image. Um, and like often I'll talk about jiggling, 
um, like jiggling your body, um, enjoying like the movement of your body and not in any way that needs to be, um, you know, thought out very much. Like it's just like be in your body, move in a way that feels good if, you know, you want to and you're able to. Um, but yeah, it's really just like tuning into the pleasure and joy that your body can bring you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of that mindfulness, um, layer of being present and fully like embracing and feeling, you know, all the feels when you can. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you got top three. So diversify feed. Um, second was show yourself compassion, self-compassion. And third was noticing joy or pleasure. Love it. Perfect. Good. Um, so is there anything else you want to add Katie to this body image 101 session? (laughs) All right. No, (laughs) all good. All good. So, um, in closing, um, I know we've talked about diet culture a lot and (laughs) it's the crux. to a lot of these, a lot of these challenges, what would you say is the single most protective action someone can take to protect themselves from diet culture? Yeah, I know this is going to be a repeat, but I think like diversifying your social media feeds or consuming um, material that's non-diet related, like reading non-diet books or seeking out non-diet community, um, like just being in more spaces and consuming more things that are not dieting related is probably the number one thing I think. Um, just to counteract all of that messaging that we're constantly um, barraged with. Um, that that would be my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Okay. And then what about um, what people can do if they have um, little people in their lives or kids or children? How can they help um, protect them from diet culture? Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. I think, um, you know, normalizing bodies, normalizing you know, the bodies come in all shapes and sizes and like having conversations about, about that with kids, um, you know, having those tough discussions, like maybe when body shaming comes up, um, hopefully it doesn't, but it probably will, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like the word fat too, I think could be, um, a way into that conversation, just like talking about the word and normalizing being fat and how it's not inherently bad. You know, people often use it as an insult and it's not an, a, an insult. We just kind of created it into mm-hmm. one culturally, mm-hmm. um, but kind of talking to kids about that. Um, it's a complicated discussion, I think, because some people think it is a bad word and use it as an insult. And some people like me are reclaiming it. Um, so it's nuanced, but I think that can be an important conversation to have with kids. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amazing. Great. So where can listeners, um, connect with you and learn more about your work, Katie? Yeah, you can connect with me at my website, katiemccrindle.com, or I'm also on Instagram at, uh, Katie McCrindle counseling. Amazing. Great. Well, thank you for starting us off and um, really working on unpacking some of the body image stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Athena. It's been my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed listening to Diet Culture Dropout. If you like today's podcast, I would love for you to leave a review 
share the episode with a friend, or subscribe. The more we can collectively break down diet culture, the closer we get to food peace and celebrating all bodies. Thanks for being here. Thank you.